BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, Rams fans? This is Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. On this episode of Rams Showcase, the Rams climb back up to 500 heading into the bye week. Plus, the owners meeting, it gets juicy. And later, with the bye week, uh, that gives the Rams a chance to take a breath and get a little bit more healthy. But we check out where the Rams are right now. Before we hop into the action, did want to let you know that Rams Showcase does officially have t-shirts. So uh, purchase them up. They're awesome. Instructions on how to order will be in the description below. We'll also talk about it in a little bit. Uh, also let you know how you can score a free Ram Showcase t-shirt. Also, if you are watching me on YouTube, great news. There's an audio only version. Maybe you want to listen to me while you're driving around or working out or something cool. Uh, or if you are hearing the audio only version of this, great news. There's a YouTube channel. You can watch me talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Let's go ahead and hop into it, though. Uh, the Rams coming off of a win against the Carolina Panthers, a score of 24 to 10 which means we did get a winner for our score prediction. Uh, that's exactly how you could score yourself a free Ram Showcase t-shirt, by the way. Jay nailed the score. He said 24 to 10 on the pregame live stream um, and is scoring himself a free Ram Showcase t-shirt. So congratulations to Jay and congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams getting back up to 500 against a team you absolutely needed to beat. Uh, it was a should win game meets a must win game and it worked out for the Rams as they did outscore the Carolina Panthers 17 to zero in the second half, which is something that we have not grown accustomed to this year. The Rams playing really, really well in the second half over the first half. So that is a huge plus to see as we creep into the bye week. Uh, did want to also talk about this defense. Defense is playing phenomenal. Just three points allowed by the defense. And you absolutely love to see it. Uh, the Rams defense, they've been on fire. Raheem's uh, doing a solid job right now. These opponents have been terrible. Keep that in mind. These offenses that the Rams are playing against are bad offenses, but either way, um, you, you don't you don't necessarily uh, get to pick who you're playing against. And uh, we just got to play with who's scheduled for the Rams and just happens to be that the Rams are playing some uh, bad offenses, but it's working out. So uh, we're, and we're doing it. That's the thing is you're playing against a bad offense. You should be able to shut them down. That's exactly what this team is doing. So that's a very good sign. Um, again, though, um, we've only played one offense that's in the top half of as far as total yards go. That's the Buffalo Bills who put up 31. So 
I, it's going to be a little bit until we see a really high powered offense again, but uh, which is good news for the Rams. But uh, I'm, I am curious to see what that looks like the next time we do play a high powered offense. I don't know if you would necessarily consider the Niners in that after the bye week, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll play some good teams later on. Um, some teams maybe that I thought were going to be really good that are not. I'm looking at you, Denver, but uh, yeah, we'll still have some uh, some really good football games to to come. But this defense right now, if they keep playing the way that they're playing and still will continue to get healthy with some guys who will eventually be coming back. Uh, Jacoby Durant will be coming back. Jordan Fuller will be back. So uh, we got David Long Jr. back. So we're going to start to get a little bit more healthy on that side of the ball. And with the way that they've been performing going into that, uh, you obviously uh, love to see that. But like I said, we're playing against very bad offenses. So uh, I kind of I'm celebrating what we have done uh, on that that side of the ball. And because they're playing some really good, good ball, but um, definitely a little bit reserved as far as my, my total stokedness, I guess, um, on the, on that side of the ball, because again, I mean, we could get better at pass rush, uh, Jalen Ramsey, he's got the two now, uh, which is awesome to see two sacks for Jalen's career and back to back weeks. That's awesome. But would love to see an edge rusher, uh, added, um, we'll talk about transactions here in a little bit, but I would like to see an edge rusher added myself still. Um, I know that that's not necessarily the popular opinion, but We'll go ahead and talk about that here in a little bit, but um, the Rams offense now flipping sides here. The Rams offense actually looked pretty, pretty solid. I know again, it's the Carolina Panthers who are probably the worst team in the NFL, but um, you got to still be able to get it done. NFL teams are NFL teams still. So you got to be able to get it done. And the Rams started moving the football and it started, it was, it was started to feel a little bit like more of the Rams that we're used to seeing on that side, which is, such a relief to see like some of these route combinations kind of come into play. Allen Robinson, a big part of that as well. Um, I think that removing that cam Akers energy, uh, that's, that's a big plus as well. So, uh, Hendo, I mean, obviously he's not exploding or anything like that, but that's never really been him. He's been a get four yards kind of guy, um, his entire career, but I mean, he's doing it and, and, and that's good to see. Um, unfortunately, the Rams did lose Joe Noteboom for the season, had an Achilles injury. So that's really unfortunate to see. Um, I don't want to try to silver lining this and say that an injury is a good thing by any means, but we also can't pretend like Joe Noteboom was playing good football um, at that left tackle spot. He was one of the worst left tackles in the NFL this year. So uh, I hate to see him get hurt. Obviously, going any any of your starters going down is obviously a detriment. But David Edwards and Joe Noteboom uh, both not really playing that well. So to to see them go down obviously sucks, but it almost gives another guy a chance to maybe see what he can do. And honestly, I think Jackson looked solid in that spot. It was a little bit of a weird thing seeing a 77 lining up at left tackle, but he played well. And uh, I think that he's already, like, he came in and performed better than no boom. And obviously there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but um the, the fact that Jackson was able to come in and, and play well gives gives just a little bit of a, a glimmer of hope for the offensive line, who's been extremely beat up. We only have one starter, one day, one starter that has not been hurt, and that's Rob Havenstein. So everybody else has been down at some point. We got Coleman Shelton, Al, uh, Brian Allen, uh, David Edwards, and now Joe Nopum. So getting completely decimated up front. And I know we'll, people love to comment like, oh, this Rams offensive line is playing bad. It's like, well, what the hell do you expect them to do? Like, this is... We're dealing with guys who didn't expect to play at all this year. You know what I mean? And the Rams have been extremely fortunate with health uh, in the the previous, well, since McVay's arrived, really. And right now it's just that that luck just run out. So it's unfortunate, but 
I like to see these guys uh, kind of stepping up. I, I like O'Day. I think O'Day Obushi, he's coming in. He did have a couple of plays where you're like, ooh, like you got it. You missed that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, being so new to the offense and, and kind of getting his first action, uh, you, you got to give some leniency there. But like I said, Jackson played really well. I really love Coleman Shelton at center, but Brian Allen coming back will obviously be a big benefit as well. And then Coleman Shelton, he's not out for the year, so he'll be back as well. So I'm hoping that in a few weeks here, we see something along the lines of Jackson at left tackle, Abushi at left guard, Brian Allen at center, uh, Coleman Shelton at right guard, and then Havenstein at right tackle. I think that personally, I think that that's our best combination right now, simply because of the struggles that David Edwards has had. And um, obviously his, his injury that he's dealing with right now is uh, one that you you can't take lightly and definitely want to make sure that the the person is is okay. Um, and then the football aspect of it comes after that. But we got to make sure that Edwards is fine and like going to live a normal, healthy life uh, before we try to force him back out there. And the good news is Obushi coming in. I don't think that is necessarily that much of a drop off uh, talent wise. And when we're looking at it from a football perspective. Uh, Benny Sko, he scored his first NFL touchdown. That was awesome to see. Uh, Sko should have had multiple touchdowns last year, but he had the dropsies last year. And uh, it's it's cool to see him get in. And I did want to point out, though, Allen Robinson's block on that that run was crispy. All right. That was really nice to see. Allen Robinson, in general, just getting more involved into the offense and having a real impact on, on the game. Uh, that was really good to see. I talked about it last week that... Um, I kind of felt like he was going to be a little bit of a late bloomer that I, I wasn't throwing in the towel on Robinson. Like he wasn't doing a good job in the first few weeks, but I mean, me saying that he wasn't doing a good job in the first few weeks doesn't mean that I'm saying that he's just a bad player and he's just like, well, we should just move on <laughs> like wasted money. But uh, it's, you got to give him a chance to get, to get involved into it. And I think that we're seeing that turn right now. So hopefully coming into the bye week and then coming out of that bye week, against a, a tough division opponent that this team has struggled with for a while. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does there. All right, let's, um, let's go ahead and talk about some game badges because Rams won. All right, we've now given away, this is going to be game badge five and six on the season because we only give game badges to winners. Game badges are not for losers. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the offensive side. Um, going to wide receiver, Allen Robinson, who, like I just mentioned, he showed up finally, and that was really good to see. This is the Allen Robinson. I feel like we were advertised. Like we were we were told that Allen Robinson was going to be this guy, and it's awesome to see it actually like kind of come to fruition a little bit and have him making a legitimate impact. It wasn't just on Cup or it wasn't just on Hendo or Higby. Like we actually had an extra dynamic. You add that on top of the fact that coming out of this bye week, we're going to get Van Jefferson back. I still fully believe that OBJ is going to come back to, to sign with the Rams. And then we're back to being absolutely loaded at that, at that position group. We went from just a few weeks ago where I was talking about that Cooper cup is the only guy who's producing on the offense at all to now. If Allen Robinson can get rolling, we get Van Jefferson back. If OBJ comes back, Benny Sko's playing well. Now we're loaded again. And that's just like, just a couple of small changes go from one guy and then just a bunch of dudes to being stacked at the position and more options for Stafford to uh, to rock it with. So awesome to see. Like I said, just getting involved into the offense. Five catches, 63 yards and that tud, which was a real crispy. And like I said, that block that block on on Sko's touchdown as well. You could tell he's getting involved in every aspect at that point, which is obviously great to see. Slip over to the defensive side now. We're going to linebacker Ernest Jones for this one, who did score five tackles 
And he just felt like he was a little all over the place. And I know some people might want to point to that uh, stiff arm by Christian McCaffrey, but let's not pretend like Christian McCaffrey isn't extremely talented. All right. He gets hurt all the time. And that's like my reservations, why I don't necessarily really want the Rams to trade for him. Um, anything like that. But he's obviously when he's out there, I mean, the dude's good at football. So those plays are going to happen. Ernest Jones also had like a weird angle on it, whatever. But Ernest Jones flying all over the place. I absolutely love the impact that he's been having this season. He's kind of he just feels like he's involved everywhere. And that's so good to see. So obviously, Bobby Wagner coming in uh, is a massive help. You know, going from Troy Reader to Bobby Wagner is. It's like. It's like going to like a Hot Wheel to like a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a big jump. And I think that with with uh, with Ernest Jones next to him, I think that he's leeching off a lot of that that mentality. And because uh, he's such a smart player who like really loves the game of football. And that's exactly the kind of guys you want as is guys who just they want to be better at this. They're constantly trying to get better. A guy like Cooper Cup, who's like always just like, how can I get better? He won the triple crown and Super Bowl MVP. And he's like, I got to get better, <laughs> you know, and Ernest Jones, I feel like has that same mindset of just coming in and just and just busting his butt cheeks, man. He's that guy's awesome. He's all over the place, like I said. So uh, Ernest Jones, uh, there was a conversation and I a self conversation. There's only one person with Ram Showcase, but it was like a whole conversation with like with like, who does this go to? Does it go to Jalen who had a really good game? Does, you know, there was a lot of people that this could have gone to, but ultimately I wanted to give it to Ernest Jones. I just felt like he had a massive impact on this game. And that was really, really good to see. Let's go ahead and talk about the owner's meeting. Cause uh, it got awesome. All right. So first of all, we'll talk about the least awesome part of it. And that's uh, LA Rams owner, Stan Kroenke. He will be reimbursing the NFL $571 million. That was part of the $790 million that the league paid to the city of St. Louis in that settlement. Of course, uh, the, the basic summary of this story, if you have not been keeping up with it, is that the Rams in the city of St. Louis, they kind of were in a weird situation and Stan Kroenke, Rams owner, kind of finagled some rules and got the heck out of there and moved to Los Angeles. The Technically, the way that the Rams moved out of St. Louis should not have legally happened. Uh, but what are you going to do? Are you going to tell the team like, well, you got to go back to the Edward Jones Dome, actually like you <laughs> like that's obviously not going to be a thing. So it's just a monetary thing. And Stan Kroenke's point to that was, yeah, I did move. I did do this. I did move the team when I maybe shouldn't have. But all of the other owners let me like they voted yes on this. So I'm not alone in here. Like I'm not. He he was basically saying that he's not solely to blame for uh for this going down and that all the other owners are are at fault, too. It was determined um, that he it was mainly at fault. And uh, now, like I said, paying back five hundred and seventy one million dollars to the NFL in that uh, settlement. So I don't know what the city of St. Louis is going to do with that money. Uh, I doubt that the NFL would go back to St. Louis now uh, simply when uh, when a lawsuit's involved. I mean, everybody gets nervous when when legal stuff is included at all. You get nervous about it. And so. Uh, if if the the city of St. Louis wanted to to push legal stuff and and get reimbursed with a monetary value, it kind of makes sense that the NFL would be like, well, we're not going back, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. It, the, the city of St. Louis is, has kind of handled this weird too. I don't think anybody's nece- well, they're everybody's at fault. I was going to say not anybody's at fault. I think everybody's at fault a little bit. Like the Rams 
first of all, shouldn't have been in St. Louis. The Rams then shouldn't have left the way that they did. The city of St. Louis probably shouldn't have sued and probably should have just tried to fight harder when they were there. I don't know. There's a, it's a little bit messy either way though. It feels like it's done now. And that's really all that we can ask for. Um, and some other stuff uh, with the, the NFL owners meeting, uh, the Rams were expected to resubmit a proposal that would make the personal files reviewable. This is still kind of an ongoing thing. There is some stuff that's going to be implemented right away as far as um, the review kind of process goes and the handling of this stuff. But ultimately, I think that we're going to see bigger changes at the end of the year or going into next season. It's really weird to change rules mid-season, and uh, we have kind of seen it before. Uh, I think even earlier this year, we already seen some some stuff kind of get amended uh, just because it was critical. But uh, either way, uh, the 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 rule changes. I think that we'll see some stuff involved with with roughing the passer uh, kind of get solidified and put into stone uh, over this off season. And um, yeah, it was that that's really off the legs of just some really dumb roughing the passer calls. And the, the reason that the review process on it is is kind of a, a mess anyway is simply because it's a judgment call and it's sold as a judgment call, like whether the ref thinks it's bad enough or not. Like you've got Justin Herbert getting, you know, bumped on the face mask. That's a call. Tom Brady just gets regular tackled and that's a call. Patrick, Mon- like there's a bunch of them that, that just were kind of ridiculous, but Either way. And then you also got tempers flaring out there at the owners meeting. Uh, you got Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones dropping F-bombs at each other and stuff like that, man. It, it kind of got crazy. And so the the Stan Kroenke thing that came, we entered the league meetings with that being the biggest story that Stan Kroenke is going to have to pay back uh, half a billion dollars, all this stuff. And then it was like, hold on a second. It's way more juicy. Turns out Dan Snyder still an absolute clown and absolutely no business running an NFL team. The only thing that I can think of here, because Dan Snyder, okay, we're talking about a dude who like was literally, we found out he was cooking books and like pimping out his cheerleaders. And then he's going to come back and say that he's got dirt on the NFL owners and, and Roger Goodell. And he's like, they can't mess with me because I got dirt on, dude, dirt on them, dirt on you, dude. What are you talking about, man? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. The only thing that I could possibly think of that Dan Snyder could have on like the NFL or whatever is if he had like actual photos and hard evidence that like NFL owners are like Epstein Island or something like that. That's the only thing that I could possibly think of that could absolve. Nothing can absolve what Dan Snyder's done. That guy's an absolute joke of an owner. He has no business being one of the 32 or however many there actually is with percentages and all that stuff all over the place. But he has no business running an NFL team. What an absolute joke. Just take your money, dude. Just take your money and get on out of here. All right. And he's not even going to get that much money. That's the saddest part. I think the NFL, I think the only reason that Dan Snyder is in the, in the NFL still is because the NFL wanted him to buy a stadium before they forced him out. I really think that I really think, because obviously that stadium is terrible. It is the Dan Snyder of stadiums. It's just awful and gross and disgusting and just not, not up to the standard of the NFL. It is the Dan Snyder of stadiums. All right. So either way though, um, Dan Snyder, I mean, this guy, he has no business being in this position. I don't understand how he got here or how he's still here. But like I said, I think that the whole point was to get him to pay for a stadium and then boot him out. So now he's not going to make anything. He essentially, he's going to, He's going to make like a little tiny bit because an owner has got to come in and and be like, well, now I got to buy a stadium too." like, come on, man. It's a Pat McAfee talked about that. It was the perfect little um, like analogy of like if you're going to go buy a house and you're like, well, this needs work, this needs work, this needs work, this needs work. 
I'll only give you this much then because I got to come in and fix everything. Very similar mindset with uh, Dan Snyder in this. All right, let's, let's hop into some transactions here um, real fast. So Cam Akers is expected to be traded or released at really any time. Um, it's, I thought it was going to happen on Tuesday. It is now Wednesday. Um, and full disclaimer here, because I record in the morning and then I usually have to leave for work and then I finish Rams. This move here doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I don't know if I like Tack McKinley. Um, I, I think that, you know, day one, uh, like draft day one, uh, when he got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, I thought he already showed something there. And I I, I gave a pass because it's such an emotional moment. Um, but I, I thought he already showed somewhat of a lack of self-control cursing on live TV. Um, that's, you know, what, what your situation is. You know that all the, all the football world is watching you. And still couldn't withhold that. So um, that's already something. And I give a pass because, like I said, it's a very high emotion situation. He just got drafted. I mean, it's hard to to be like totally like, all right, time to be proper now. Like, you know, like, and it was an emotional thing. He talked about, you know, it was his grandma, stuff like that, who'd passed away. So I give him a pass on that. But it also it, it planted that little tiny seed of like, OK, but he might he might not be able to control his emotions and situations. That was exactly what I thought, whether that's right or wrong. Not for me to decide. You can decide that. I don't care. Um, but then, you know, you got situations where he's pushing players on the sideline, our players on the sideline. And it was already like, all right, dude. And then he's he's kind of getting into tussles on the field. Just nothing crazy, nothing penalty worthy, anything like that. But he's like kind of pushing people on the sideline so and or on the field uh, opponents. And it's like, come on, man. It's like it just didn't feel like he fit into what the Rams are all about, which is really just. I mean, that's not it. I know that it's not push guys around. It's not push your own team. This is not Robbie Anderson yelling at his position coach kind of thing. Like that kind of, that kind of personality. I just don't think it, it, it fits into our locker room. Even if you want to pick out our obnoxious personalities like Jalen Ramsey, he's not doing anything like that. Not even close. So I think Tack McKinley, I don't think he was a fit. I don't think he was, I don't think. Well, schematically, yes, he was a fit, but uh, I don't think emotionally he was a fit into the Rams locker room. So I'm not sad at all to see him go again. Um, many transactions are expected. So I'll kind of I will have already addressed that in the previous cut if there are any others to talk about, because right now we're sitting in rumorville, honestly, and there's a lot of rumors going around. Um, there's the Christian McCaffrey rumor going around that doesn't feel unlikely. Um, I just don't necessarily think it should happen. And the the way that I kind of put it is if Christian McCaffrey becomes a Ram, I will celebrate. I will root. I will uh, be happy. I will hope he does really, really well. But ultimately, I don't think it's a, a, a move that the Rams need to make. Although I would like to see a Christian McCaffrey. Um, I know this year is different with injuries, but I would like to see a Christian McCaffrey come over and be with Reggie Scott in our training staff and see what that does for him um, to see how that kind of impacts his his injury future. Uh, because I mean, and we'll never know because you can only take one path. We can't we can't take two and then compare. So if he came over to the Rams, though, I think um, I, I like our trainers. I, I like um, our staff and the way that we handle players here to uh to try to keep them healthy we just had some really bad luck on the offensive line there was also the brian burns rumors uh as well um the pass rusher for the carolina panthers he posted a picture of a ram on uh to to instagram and that immediately caught the attention of myself and many others 
Uh, and then he kind of posted some pictures of panthers. Then he was like, I just like animals. And it's like, okay, you knew what you were doing. All right. <laughs> Don't you try to be like, I just love animals, dude. Like, that's not what we know, dude. Okay. <laughs> we're not stupid, Brian. All right. Um, so obviously he was, he was stirring some stuff up and I, I think he wanted to see what the response would be. Or I think that there was a real conversation that he was maybe coming to the Rams and then something didn't get done. I, there was something to it though. And to, to say, to have him come around and be like, I just really like animals. Like, obviously we know that that's not real. I can't believe some people bought that excuse, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Um, then Oh, that's really it as far as those rumors go. But um, yeah, we'll see because um, we are expecting some transactions. Um, I don't believe at this moment the Rams are at a 53-man roster. So um, I'll put up any any updates too at the bottom if uh, if there's some that are that are a little bit more milder uh, to discuss because uh, a lot of shakeups going on right now. This Rams roster is not done. Uh, perfect time to adjust as the as we are in the um, the bye week as well. So perfect time to get somebody in. Uh, we can kind of sit with them this weekend and, and, and get them into the playbook and stuff and, and then hopefully move forward after the bye week and, and just kind of get, get rolling, man. Should be a good, some good, uh, some good stuff. All right. Um, real fast uh, before we head into a break here, uh, Ram showcase, we got t-shirts and they're super sick. All right. Uh, they help out a show a ton. If you are a purchaser, Jay scored one for free. If you would like to score one for free on Facebook and YouTube ahead of each game, I go live, and if you correctly predict the score, then you get a, you get one for free, and it's awesome. All right, um, but again, uh, the description below will have all of the information on how you could purchase your own. They are twenty five bucks a piece, and like I said, they help out the show a ton. Uh, you just connect directly with AJ AJ at gmail He'll get you all hooked up, and um, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, like I said, though, uh, score one for free. By hopping onto that Ram Showcase pregame live, uh, they're a, they're a bunch of fun, and uh, we just kind of mess around. There, there's zero scheduling at all. Like I don't plan any of that stuff, so it's just kind of we just have fun with it. All right, we'll take a quick break here. On the other side, um, we're gonna just take a quick snapshot of where this Rams team is right now and where we might be going. So hang tight. Welcome back into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. All right, so the Los Angeles Rams, uh, we sit at three and three. Heading into the bye week, uh, and it doesn't get easier after the bye week. Uh, we do have some pretty good teams that we got to play against still. Uh, a couple division games coming up. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, to, to look at the schedule here. So, the Rams, obviously, bye week this week at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are also at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, they, be, they will be, um, they'll, they're not off this week, though. So, let me take a peek at uh, who their opponent is going to be, uh, which is the Chiefs. So, uh, very possible that the Rams are ahead of the San Francisco 49ers going into that game in week eight, uh, but it is at SoFi Stadium. Um, so, you know what? I mean, the, uh, we can talk about the crowd thing all we want to. Uh, it's that's a topic that people uh, are are really into. But simple fact is uh, Los Angeles is a place where a lot of people from other places live. And it, having San Francisco, <laughs> you know, just up the road there, uh, it's going to be a, a spot that uh, that a lot of 49ers fans want to go to and and will go to. Um, but I don't see anybody tagging those Raiders fans when that stadium was straight up all orange when the Broncos were in town. So, I mean, it's it's one of those places. It's one of those things. The, the Denver fan bases are extremely strong, and we're starting to see it out here. We're starting to see uh, the Pepsi or uh, Ball Arena get taken over by uh, opposing fans at Nuggets games, at Avalanche games. 
there's a decent chunk of fans now, a lot more than I'm used to seeing uh, for the Broncos games of the the road teams as well. So uh, grew, growing up here, um, the, the Denver teams have always had an extremely strong fan base and we're seeing it out here as well. So it's not anything to do with bad fans, anything like that. It's just simply put, it's a numbers game. And when you live in LA and your team is coming through, you're probably going to try to go. And it's also an incredible stadium. So people like to see it and <laughs> people like to, people like to go places. They're cool. All right. <laughs> it's hard to blame people like Coors Field. Coors Field is unbelievable. The place gets filled. I don't know if, I don't know the last time there was probably more Rockies fans than the away team. <laughs> it's a problem. All right. Mainly because the Rockies are terrible. Um, and other teams are every like every other team's better. So, and they got fans. Colorado gets a lot of uh, people moving here. So, all right, getting back to it. San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it's that, that game is at home. Uh, SoFi stadium uh, in a few weeks here. Then we got week nine. We're going to Tampa Bay. And then we go come back home, SoFi Stadium against the Arizona Cardinals. Then to New Orleans, that's an uh, that's a winnable game. To Kansas City, that's a tough one. Seattle, who I'll be honest, is better than I expected them to be. They're still not great though, so we should be able to beat them. Raiders in Green Bay, I'll be there for that one. Come hang out. Uh, Broncos, Chargers, Seahawks again. So, uh, yes, we are wrapping up with the San Francisco 49ers. This is, this is game two against the Niners. Uh, this uh, coming up here, uh, and we haven't played the Seahawks yet, so. We get rid of the Niners and then we get the Seahawks. But again, I mean, we got tough games. Like I talk about the the offense, uh, uh, the offenses that the Rams have played against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, the Chargers have a lot of firepower as well. Um, Raiders are def- they definitely got firepower. So uh, we'll see what happens in these games, because right now, like I said before, uh, the Rams defense is playing well, but against bad offenses. We, we should be playing well against these teams because they're terrible. So. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, we give up three to them. Yeah, that's right. Like that is exactly <laughs> that's, that's correct. Like we should be giving up three points to PJ Walker and the newly fired head coach Carolina Panthers. You know what I mean? Like that's that's accurate. Like we shouldn't be bragging about that necessarily. Now let's take a look at some stats here. Well, we'll get back into talking about offense defense here in a little bit. But I want to talk about some stats here uh, about what some guys are on pace for. So quarterback Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's right now completing 71.1% of his passes. Solid. Uh, 84.6 QBR. Feels like he should be higher than that. <laughs> um, not based on his play, but just like who he is. Uh, he feels like he should be a little bit higher than that. He is on pace to uh, throw for 4,565 yards. So I think that the the view on Stafford right now, I don't know what it is. Uh, obviously, it's not like he's lighting it up with just six tuds and eight interceptions. So he's on pace for 17 touchdowns. And about 23 interceptions, which obviously is not good, but um, I don't know. I don't I don't think that these these the rate he's at is just going to sustain all the way through, especially when, like I said earlier, we get um, like it's been Cooper Cup has been the guy. But now we saw a flash from Allen Robinson. We saw a game where he came in. Van Jefferson's coming back. I still fully believe that OBJ signs back at the Rams. So we're, we're getting those weapons back. And so I think that these numbers, these averages will start to level out for Matthew Stafford about more in line where we expect Matthew Stafford's averages to be. But he has been sacked 22 times. That obviously cannot happen. He's on pace to be sacked 62 times. <laughs> that poor guy. Like, that's not that's that's terrible, man. Like, we got to protect this guy a little bit. That's what Matthew, that's what Sean McVay's talking about. He's like, we need to help him. Like, and I, like I saw fans like talk trash about that comment. It's like, but that's real. Like. He's playing as good as he can. I don't think he's lighting it up or anything like that. He's not playing out of his mind. 
Um, because you put other guys in a position like Matthew Stafford and they're probably doing better. So uh, Matthew Stafford is not the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He's up there. He's a good player. He's a very good quarterback, but let's not pretend like we wouldn't all take, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen over him. You know, if you wouldn't, you're lying to everybody. All right. So, uh, but Matthew Stafford, though, like man, Sean McVay said it, he needs some help and we got to help him out. And hopefully some, uh, a little bit more health on the offensive line and maybe a little bit more shuffling. Maybe Jackson is the better option than no boom at left tackle. Maybe that's, maybe that's a benefit. Um, I hate to say that an injury is a good thing ever, but like a, it, no boom has not been playing well. So any kind of shakeup there might not be a bad thing for, uh, as far as the team goes from a football perspective, running back, Daryl Henderson, who is now going to be RB one, uh, presumably for the rest of the season, unless an, an, a change happens. I, at time of recording, um, no running back moves have been made. Uh, so Daryl Anderson right now is RB one and he is, uh, doing, doing fine. He's on pace for five thirteen, um, which is not obviously super crazy or anything like that. He's got two touchdowns, uh, leading the team in, in rushing touchdowns. Uh, but running the game, running the ball has just not been the Rams game this year. And it's been hard to, to get rolling on that, on that front. So Daryl Henderson, I think he's doing what he can, but uh, I, I would like to see a little bit more of a mix up uh, as far as the running backs go. Malcolm Brown looks bigger than he has in the past uh, when he was here before, uh, but he also just has not really gotten any kind of real opportunity. Ronnie Rivers, it was cool to see him get out there uh, and get some snaps. And I'm also pumped for when Kyron Williams can come back and see what he can bring, uh, what dynamic that he can bring to this offense if he does indeed get uh, any playing time. Wide receiver Cooper Cup. Uh, well, he's just he's just out here kicking butts. Uh, he does what Cooper Cup does, and that's exactly what it is. So he is on pace for 158.6 receptions. Uh, that's awesome. 1720 yards is what he's on pace for, and uh, a little over 11 touchdowns about there. So like 11 or 12 touchdowns is what Cup is currently on pace for. So breaking news: Cup is good at football, and obviously that should not blow any minds because we've seen this guy kind of develop over the years. We've all we've known immediately that he had extreme talent, but then he had kind of some struggles with staying on the field and uh, staying healthy. And uh, it, it's just it's good to see him stay actually out on the field. And, and we now know what that means is when when he is healthy, he's unbelievable. So I was checking my phone there because um, I'm super antsy with Rams news. And the second it goes off, I'm like, what is that? What do we do? Where's Cam Akers? You know, and no, it's um, DJ Walker's going to start for the Panthers again. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Tight end Tyler Higby. Uh, he is on pace to uh, get 96 receptions for 841 yards. So Tyler Higby, I'm doing doing what Tyler Higby does. He's fine. He's not overly explosive. He will probably eventually be known as the Rams best tight end in, in franchise history by default, really, because I mean, if you, I, I task you with like naming all of the, the top tight ends in Rams history, it's a fine list. It is, it is a fine list, but let's not pretend like we're dealing with hall of famers at this group. All right. Those, historically, the Rams have just not been, they, we've never had like a, a Tony Gonzalez and Antonio, like we've just never had that. So Tight end Tyler Higby will eventually, in my opinion, be known as what we will have seen as the best Rams tight end of all time. Did that sentence make sense? I think it does. You 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 get it. <laughs> Wide receiver Ben Skoronic, Benny Sko, the Sko Plow, which is great. 
That's a great name. Uh, the Scoplow, which is what I heard from Peo <laughs> that they nicknamed him on the uh, uh, on his uh, his watch party. Great stuff there. Uh, but he's on pace for 65 receptions for 626 yards. Um, he does have just one rush attempt, and uh, that is a touchdown. So that's pretty awesome stuff out of Benny Sko. He has turned into quite the blocker. Um, he plays that fullback position. Uh, what is that? They're calling it. They're calling it a lot of things right now. My vote is the stallion. Um, I think that that's the position that like <laughs> he's the, that's it. He's just the stallion, man. Um, Benny Sko, he's absolutely killing it out here. So uh, he's like I said, he's turned into to such a strong blocker. He's not afraid to get in there and and and, and just throw his shoulder into somebody. You know, we, he he's uh he's working at IHOP now. He's all serving up pancakes and stuff like that. Even to JJ Watt is one of his customers. So excited to see what his career ends up like becoming because he's kind of our little like like our little Swiss Army knife, almost like what we well I don't want to say what Corey Harkey like because we used Harkey in a lot of ways too, almost like like a weird way we're trying to like use him how Debo's used, but not to that extent. We're all, and we're also doing it differently. So I don't know. It's he is, if Debo's here, we'll go this way. Uh, if Debo's here and Corey Harkey's here, this is where Ben Skoranek is. He's right in the middle of that because he's, he's just the way that he's playing. So I don't know. It's good stuff to see though. It's fun. And, uh, Alan Robinson is a uh, last one. We'll touch on here. 17, uh, receptions on the year, which puts him on pace for 48, he is also on pace for 482 uh, yards. So um, that, that puts him, uh, as far as touchdowns go to, he's he's uh, scored twice. So he's he's on pace for that five to six range. Nothing too crazy. Uh, but like I said, I think that Allen Robinson gets better as the season goes on. I think that that's something that we can expect from Allen Robinson is that uh, like an upward traje- trajectory on, uh, on Robinson as he gets just more involved in the offense when he like when he just gets just understands this offense a little bit better because it's hard for people uh, to come in and really get a grasp on it. Let's take a look at some rankings here on offense. The Rams, um, not, not, not totally lighting it up, uh, but ground game is really where it's uh, killing the Rams. 25th overall, uh, as far as the yards go, 10th in passing. So getting there with the passing the football, Stafford's getting it done. Uh, running the football though is really where the Rams are struggling. Only one team worse than the Rams on the ground. And points being scored, Rams just really got to find a way to put up some more points. Uh, just 25th in the NFL. On the defensive side, the Rams defense is tied for third in the NFL. So a top five unit right now. Ninth against the pass, 10th against the run, 16th uh, in points. Uh, that that Buffalo game really skewing some averages up here. Um, because if you look at it, uh, ultimately, the, the Rams defense has been playing really, really well. Uh, just playing some some strong ball. Um Turnovers have not been necessarily super abundant. We did get to see that uh, Nick Scott interception in the end zone. Uh, just some some bounces that could go our way uh, have not. And so we're kind of wait, waiting to see that kind of switch around. But I wanted to talk about this. And uh, this this is really I'm seeing a lot of comments on defense right now. And I feel like I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel people are are taking a lot of my comments on this defense and they're like, but we're giving up this. We're only giving up this. We're only giving up this. And yes, the Rams defense is playing well against bad teams. So let's take a peek at it. Week one, the Rams played against the Buffalo Bills, who right now have the number one offense in the NFL. Quarterback Josh Allen has more touchdowns than like 27 NFL teams. 
They're absolutely on fire. They put up 31 on the Rams defense. Of course, though, that was week one. That was a long time ago. Things got to be considered there. That was that that was week one. I mean, it's so difficult to game plan for a week one game. The Atlanta Falcons, who currently rank 23rd, they put up 20 or excuse me, 17 on the Rams. The Arizona Cardinals, they are 16th. That is the next best offense that the Rams have played against outside of the Buffalo Bills. They put up 12 points on the Rams. San Francisco 49ers put up 17th, 17 points. They rank 18th in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys, 16 points. They are 27th in the NFL. And the Carolina Panthers, who are an absolute disaster of a franchise right now, they put up three points on the Rams defense. They also, though, rank 32nd in the NFL. So my point stands, and I stand by my point, that the Rams defense is playing really, really good football right now. But we are also playing against bad teams. And the only good team that the Rams have played against, the only good offense that the Rams have played against, the only top half offense that the Rams have played against, the Buffalo Bills, who put up 31. So, yes, this defense is playing really, really good football right now. And you don't pick your schedule. They give it to you. And we we didn't choose to go against poor offenses. But that is what's happening. And the Rams benefiting greatly. You need to be able to beat these teams. You're playing against a bad offense. Uh, the Carolina Panthers coming in after firing their coach and and starting a third string quarterback, you should only give up three points to them. That's exactly what's supposed to happen. So, no, I'm not impressed by it. It's just what we should be doing. 16 points to the to the Dallas Cowboys. They rank 27th. I feel like we should be better than that. Honestly, 17 points to the San Francisco 49ers. That's a whole different conversation because Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay. 12 points to the Arizona Cardinals. We've been better than that against them. They rank 16th. They're middle of the road. I think we're better than that. I think we're better than 12 points against the Cardinals. Maybe I'm being too picky. Maybe I'm being too picky. Maybe I'm too harsh on Raheem Morris in this soft defense. Maybe. But either way, we're playing against bottom half offenses and doing doing solid against them. We should be. We have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, two of the top (laughs) three of the top defensive players in the entire NFL. We should be able to do this. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? We should be able to shut down these teams. Simply put. All right. Uh, Standings here. We're going to take a peek uh, real fast at the NFC West. Uh, The Rams officially sitting in second after uh, they do have that loss to the San Francisco 49ers head to head. So uh, three teams at three and three, uh, which would be the 49ers in first, the Rams in second, and the Seattle Seahawks uh, sitting in third place. The Arizona Cardinals at two and four. Uh, they're a little bit of a mess right now. Uh, the AZ sports fan has been uh, so funny to follow on Twitter um, as far as an opponent goes. Um, like being from the outside perspective, watching that all unfold, it's been a great time. So I'm kind of here for it. Um, but he's he's out there like at the stadium with like a fire time sign and here for it. I think it's awesome. Um, I disagree, though, AZ sports fan. I think that um, I think that he should get extended and. The cliff should stay around for as long as he wants. I, I like what they're doing out there, man. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of what's going on. They just traded for Robbie Anderson. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not even going to dive into that. It's so funny to me. Like, he gets kicked out of the game, and the Cardinals are like, <laughs> anyway. All right. We won't go into that. Um, the Rams, uh, right now, if the season were to end today, would be sitting in a four-way tie for a wild card for the final wild card spot. Uh, with both the the Giants and the Cowboys sitting ahead of them as far as non-division leaders. Of course, um, that is, like I said, uh, the 49ers are currently officially first place in the NFC West. They could fall, though. I mean, if they lose to the Chiefs, 
which I mean, they probably should, right? Um, then the Rams would take over first place by default. Um, so go Chiefs this week, right? Uh, that's that's where, where we're kind of looking. And then where the teams that the, the Rams are tied with for that final wild card spot would be the Atlanta Falcons, the Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks, and then it's the Rams. So it feels like the Rams are the best of that bunch, right? Um, the Rams do feel like a playoff team still to me, um, despite any kind of offensive struggles. Anything that we've seen from this team that is maybe not gone the way that we wanted it to go, it still feels like we are the better team of that group, and we're a top seven NFC team. I feel comfortable saying that the Rams are a top seven NFL te- NFC team. AFC, that's a whole different ballgame. That's a tough conference, but the Rams should be able to, first of all, win this division. The San Francisco 49ers are, they're fine, but they're not that good. Um, the Rams are going to start to get healthy at some point here soon. The Packers, I don't know what the heck they're up to, man. Um, but I, I put money on the Vikings to win the division this year. So, I mean, I stand by that. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, we've already seen that the Rams are better than them. We beat them head to head. So we'll get some good games here against the Seattle Seahawks coming up. And um, yeah, so we'll get back to game previews. That'll be next week, obviously, when uh, the Rams are going to be taking on the San Francisco 49ers. A big old division game. Hopefully, we'll be sitting in first place uh, when that game comes around. So uh, going to be some fun stuff. Uh, we will go live on uh, either Sunday or Monday. We're, we're going to do a little bit of a live stream. We're going to do a fan quesos thing. I know that I said we would do fan quesos on Monday, and then I've, I've not been doing that. But it's also life is chaos. All right, so leave me alone. Um, <laughs> when I'm the only one here, it's uh, it's going to happen. So I mean to yell. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, make sure you follow Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase uh, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Sheriff Joe Bags. You can follow me just about everywhere. Um, yeah. Uh, subscribe to onto the YouTube channel. If if you're listening to me only right now, there is a YouTube channel. We do, do we split up the, the game preview and stuff like that. If you only want to catch that part, it's a good spot to do that. If you are watching me on YouTube, there is an audio only version. It's just about everywhere. What I can tell you is based on the information that I have available to me, the very large majority of people listen to me on Apple Podcasts. So it's like a, a an astounding percentage, too. Like, it doesn't make sense to me how many people are listening to me on Apple Podcasts over everywhere else. That's impressive, actually. Uh, it's uh, quite the number. Anyway, um, so yeah, Apple Podcasts, great spot. Great spot to catch uh, some Ram Showcase action. Again, t-shirts, uh, the description is in, uh, or the information is in the description below of how you can order those. So do it on up and uh, look awesome because they're cool. I promise. All right, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Banks. This has been Ram Showcase. And uh, for those of you who are not Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for watching and go Rams.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.